Live and festive in the Publix Holiday Headquarters studio at WSB. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It is 6.08 on a Saturday morning. (laughs) (laughs) We're broadcasting live. The sound you hear is one hand clapping. (laughs) (laughs) We are broadcasting live this morning from the Pike Nursery at Johns Creek. And you, yes, you, yes, you, my friends, can come by and visit this morning. Mickey Gasway from Pike Nursery is here, of course. And we're here to answer your gardening questions and talk about Christmas and Christmas trees and give away some prizes and generally have a fine, fabulous time this morning. The show will go from 6 a.m. right now until 8 a.m. because the Bulldog pregame show, of course, has to start at 8 a.m. We have to be four hours for the kickoff at noon today. But if you'd like to come by and visit, I'll be here from 6 to 9. Guys, are you going to stay here? You have yeah, to go to your I'll be store. here. All right. Mickey will be here as well <laughs> from 6 to 9 o'clock. We'll answer your gardening questions. You can come by and guess what? You know it. We got breakfast. The Alpharetta Commons Chick-fil-A will be here in just a few minutes with the Chick-fil-A biscuits or chick Chicken biscuits, excuse me, chicken biscuits, not chicken sandwiches, chicken biscuits will be here in just a few minutes as well to satisfy your breakfast cravings. A little orange juice, a little coffee, it'll get them up and go. You got it. 404-872-0750, the number on Lawn and Garden. If you have a garden question, bring it on. Miss Gasway and myself are primed for garden Absolutely. And, and after Thanksgiving, both of us are thinking a little bit like, mm, boy, that was a truck that hit us there. How many people did you have? Maybe? I had 28 people at my house yesterday. And your house is about like a trailer. It's tiny. It's a little tiny, bitty house. Tiny. It's a cute little house, yes, but it's not the biggest house in the neighborhood. 750 square feet. How many people? 28. And they stood we're on the porch. We were on the porch. We had, and the porch didn't count it. So you, you rang a bell. And people stood up. You rang. No, we sat, sat down. down. We used the whole thing. <laughs> what did you have for these twenty bump people? We had a baked turkey and a fried turkey and yeah. dressing and sweet potatoes. Right. And all the other good yummies. And which uh, which uh, 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 entree or which uh, piece of the meal got the most comments? Which did everybody say is oh always the, the fried turkey? The fried turkey. Oh, absolutely. Who, who fried the fried turkey? Stan. Stan, of your husband, love Stan. Of course, he fried the turkey in there. That is his job. Injected it with that Cajun butter and made yeah, it really, really, it was really, really good. Yeah, 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 it was wonderful. You're you're looking at the man in charge of the fried turkey at my oh, family. Oh, good. Thank you very much. Did you explode it or anything? I was just going to say, if you want some entertainment. <laughs> Go to YouTube and just type uh, fried turkey bad or <laughs> explosion or anything like that. It is worth hours of entertainment oh, to absolutely. see what stupid people can do, of which I hope never to be included is the highlight of one of those uh, one of those fried turkey explosions, but you can do bad things, and most of them start with two idiots do, and <laughs> right, right. And so you have to have to watch out for the oil, the hot oil, and the flames, and the turkey and the ice that might be in the middle of the turkey because you forgot to buy it until Wednesday, <laughs> and so it didn't thaw out because you had it in the, in the hot water overnight, and so you got to be careful with that. If anybody has any fried turkey explosion <laughs> stories that you would like to share with us. 
Besides the garden questions, 404-872-0750. And of course, if you want to come, we don't have any, um, we don't have any fried turkey for uh, breakfast. Here we got the Chick-fil-A Chick-fil-A uh, Chick biscuits this morning. Well, let's go to the phones. We got to somebody that has celebrated Thanksgiving this uh, this uh, holiday season. Nicole joins us from Griffin, Georgia. Nicole, good morning. Nicole, I'm not getting... There she is. Hey, Nicole. Mr. Ray. Mr. Cole, good morning, good morning. Hi, Mickey. I'm the same way, too, because the more, the bigger the house, the more you have to spend inside and then less time outside. That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> what did you do for Thanksgiving, Nicole? I work outside, Mr. Reeve. And put, you didn't go anywhere? You didn't have 900 people at your house or anything like that? No, you see. <laughs> one, uh, I've been standing all my life on the road in the motel, on the highway, and I said, well, it's, I need to stay home more. I, I, you know, so, my thing is not to go any, any place on Thanksgiving. So tell us about Thanksgiving or what you would do, if anything, in Canada, where you're from. What would you do? Do you have any acknowledgement of Thanksgiving up there? Well, you see, Thanksgiving in Canada is at the end, uh, a month before, because we bring our crop earlier. Uh -huh. So Thanksgiving is at the end of uh, October. So uh, What do you do to celebrate? What do you kind of celebration get-together do you do? Yeah, same, same here, same, same as here. So you have turkey and all that? Yes, yes, and uh, a lot of people over, and, and it's a long weekend, and uh, mm -hmm. they call it Action de Grâce. I mean, what uh, does that Thanksgiving. Mean in... Thanksgiving. Oh. Yeah, well, oh, okay. I guess I was, we didn't do so well in our French classes. Mickey, no, I, I didn't. So, so uh, um, <clears throat> if you had been with your family, if you've been with people up in uh, Canada, did you talk to anybody up there that celebrated uh, Thanksgiving um, months or so ago? Yes. Oh, yes. That that uh, it's because it's different. Us, we uh, after so many, I've been near thirty something years, and you forgot that. It's a month earlier, you know, so yeah. uh, whenever you call you, they say, oh, it's a long, long weekend, Thanksgiving. Right, I don't right, think right. we get those uh, Friday crazy like here, though. Shopping is not that big of a deal over there. Not, not that big. You don't have Black Friday. <laughs> you don't have Cyber Monday and, and all those things like that. And killing each other over stuff. <laughs> We're going to have Green Saturday or Green Saturday and Sunday here. Mickey will Absolutely. announce the uh, Pike Picky just a little bit. You'll see a very, very nice sale this weekend. Folks who are who are near a Pike Nursery can come and get something. We won't. We'll save that for a surprise for just a little bit later this morning. But we're going to have a nice green Saturday and Sunday this morning that we can talk about a little bit later this morning. So I want to go back to Thanksgiving in Canada, uh, Nicole. So I think of America as having this uh, fetish about turkey. We have to have turkey. Stan did the fried turkey, and I did the fried turkey, and the baked turkey, and roast turkey, and things like that. So. I think of the turkey as somehow being associated with the pilgrims and the pilgrim story and Thanksgiving and Squanto and those, you know, stories that may or may not be true. So why turkeys in Canada, Nicole? Um, turkey, Mr. Reeve, it's Christmas time. Everybody's got turkey and ham at Christmas time. Thanksgiving, but. it's more apple and green stuff and uh, oh. pumpkins. And uh, I think there's more... Herbivore in Canada than carnivore. 
<laughs> it sounds like they're really celebrating a harvest there. Yeah. Yes, we, yes. Yeah. Because we need to bring our it. crop a lot earlier because yeah. the tomatoes green. My mother always had tomato that we put underneath the bed to make them ripe, you know. Sometimes we get short. I mean, sometimes it came earlier, like the first two, three weeks before. And right. then all our, they were, I think, more busier to bring the crop in than here. It's a longer season here, especially well, in the south. Nicole, there are about 18 people who just perked their ears up and said, where did you put the tomatoes to ripen the tomatoes? <laughs> well, we had to put it underneath the bed. Underneath the bed? Yes. Why did we put the tomatoes underneath the bed in order to ripen the tomatoes? Because a cardboard box, I guess, fitting well underneath the bed, and we had to put one by one with the newspaper and yeah. uh, put it in the box, and we pulled the box to see if one ran ripe oh. or not. Oh, so these, because you didn't have enough storage space in the closet or basement or someplace like that, you put the box underneath the bed. Well, <laughs> I think that was a family thing or a mother thing, you know. At least it, it was, was not frozen over there. We had another storage, but it was a, a cold room, I mean a freezing room. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, my mother would hang the, the um, tomato vines in front of the window in our garage, yeah. and that wasn't, it wouldn't freeze out there. And there's a little bit of light on the vines. The vines would be pulled out of the ground, of course, when it got cold. And so she would commonly, back when you would make Thanksgiving dinner, we'd have Thanksgiving. We'd have uh, ripe tomatoes for Thanksgiving. Wow. What did you do, Mickey? Do you have any special tomato ripening? Deal? No, I can't. I just bring them in and put them on the window. Yeah, I don't know, not right, right, right. Original. Because once the once the tomatoes, I didn't have enough pink. this year to matter. Uh, yeah, right. I'm well, not so good tomato this tomato crop this year either. But once the tomato has turned pink, a little bit of pink on the bottom of the yeah. tomato, it can be brought inside. It will. I Mickey does, or like my mom does, or like Nicole does, underneath the bed. So all you got to do is bring it inside and have a little bit of pink on it, and you'll eventually have a tomato to eat for Thanksgiving or for Christmas if you wait that long. I guess keeping them in the dark, it would be slower, maybe. That maybe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, darker it would be slower because it's less warm, and yeah. the whole chemical process of ripening, I think, would be slowed up there. Nicole, it is grand talking to you again this Saturday morning. I'm going to remember keeping the tomatoes under the bed <laughs> for a long, long time, and I hope you have a wonderful weekend. We'll see you soon. Right back at you, both of you. We'll see Bye, you soon, Nicole. Nicole. It is 618 on a Saturday morning. You're listening to Lawn and Garden. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the Lawn and Garden advice you need. And it's 624 on a Saturday morning. We're broadcasting live this morning from the Johns Creek Pike Nursery. Looking forward to the Chick-fil-A biscuits that are coming in, chicken biscuits that are coming in just a little bit from now from the Alpharetta Commons Chick-fil-A. Looking forward to that. John Moriotakis is my friend over there. His mama, Lefty Moriotakis, lives down the street from me. I have known her for 25 years. She's one of those nice, friendly people who met us when we walked into the neighborhood the first time we walked down the street down there and left he said hey did you know my son has something to do with chick-fil-a and we were very very <laughs> proud to to meet the moritakis family as indeed we were 404-872-0750 the number of lawn and garden lewis is out in north carolina and he joins us this morning lewis hey man good morning 
Hey, this is Hey, Louis. what's up? What's going on, Louie? I've got some azaleas uh, and fig trees that are about, well, they were first planted in the 1860s. And uh, they're, they're dying out from the, the just certain shoots off of them or just yeah. turning brown and dying. Yeah. And they're not bearing yeah. uh, this year at all. Last year, a man supposed to know what he's doing trimmed them. Uh, and I wondered if you got any ideas about what could be happening to them. Well, yeah, we're talking about the figs, not the azaleas, right? No, both. Mm, let's talk about the figs first, because I think I know the answer to that. I might know the answer to the azaleas, but I'll pass that over to Mickey Gadsway, because she looks real smart this morning. <laughs> we'll let her do the okay. azaleas. So, on figs, if there's any severe pruning on a fig, Louie, the next year or so, even maybe two years, it's going to really be hard to find any figs on that bush because they get shocked. They get shocked back into sort of a juvenile stage. They don't really want to make many fruit. Like a teenager, you know, teenagers are not quite ready to be parents, and the uh, pruning shocks them back into teenagerhood. So what what you need to do on a fig if it gets too big is to do a gradual pruning over a couple of year period or do just sort of minimal pruning and reduce it in size, but not do a great big pruning at one time. So on the azaleas, let's get Mickey in here. So on the azaleas, give more symptoms on the azaleas. Louie, are you there? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so tell us more about the azaleas. Tell them more what's going on with them. They were uh, they're doing they're doing just about the same thing. The shoots are coming out off of them. They're they're large because they're so old, and uh, they a couple of them have been replanted. And but uh, anyway, they uh, they're just uh, they're dying out from the top down. They turn brown and it's just. Okay, tell you, what, tell you what, Lou, we're getting a little bit long on the answer right here. We need to go into a break at the end for news. Let us hold you, put you on hold right now, and we'll come back to you in just a minute. How about that? Lou, thanks for calling. We'll be back at 628. We'll be right back after news. Live and festive in the public's Holiday Headquarters studio at WSB. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. The crowd is slowly gathering at the Johns Creek Pike Nursery this morning. We're broadcasting live. Mickey Gasway from Pike Nursery is here with me. We'll be here until 9 o'clock this morning answering garden questions. We'll be on the air until 8 o'clock this morning. But the good news, and I know the part that everybody looks forward to, is the Chick-fil-A. Alfreda Commons Chick-fil-A has gracefully, has uh, very nicely brought to us, delivered to us these chicken biscuits, and we will have them for the first 50 or 75 people who come by and want a little breakfast, want a little coffee, want a little orange juice babies over there as well. 404-872-0750 is the number on Lawn and Garden. We have things to give away too. But let's finish the question that Louie had a minute ago. Uh, uh, Mickey, he was asking about his azalea. He said azalea was dying, sort of here limb, there limb, top down. What do you think? 
Well, he said it was old. That was my first thing that usually uh, they do have a lifespan just like everything else. And a lot of times I see them if they're over about 20, 25 years old, they're usually not very healthy. Right. Um, the other thing is um, we have a disease in our soil here called Phytophthora, and it causes the it, the uh, roots to rot. It stops up the vascular system of the plant. Yeah. And, and, and I, I think, think that symptom, could have something to do with it. Uh, Phytophthora is pretty much what Louis said. It's yes. one limb here, That's one limb exactly there. Right. It looks like it needs watering. And uh, just eventually just goes just ahead and dies. declines. It just yeah. dies. Rhododendrons get it. Azaleas, Daphne. And speaking of Daphne, David and Tucker, stick around. I got We're going to get <laughs> to you in just a minute. But I would like to say that there are times when that nice man on the radio just doesn't follow his own advice Uh-oh. or is not very observant. And okay. I will tell you, Mickey, because an honest confession is good for the soul. That's, That's right. what my mother said. All right, I've had this Daphne. I brought this huge pot. I put it right by my front steps that I brought this, put this Daphne in. It's been five years, I guess now, maybe six or seven. And the Daphne has looked gorgeous. It has smelled good every February. The Daphne has smelled so good, and I love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. And day before yesterday, I was passing by my front steps, and I was looking over in the container that had the Daphne in it, and I saw it is full of water because <gasps> that pot has the drain hole in it over the years has gotten clogged up. The mm-hmm. potting soil has never been replaced in there. And that Daphne was beginning to look a little droopy. <laughs> All the leaves on it were looking a little droopy around the edges. And I thought, Dad, bless it. I spent money for that, and I bragged on it. And that thing's going to get, if I top for a root right, it's going to die on me. Well, it depends on what kind of soil was in it, though. I mean, it I, Whatever soil was yeah. in it six, seven years ago, it has deteriorated down to just humus right yeah. now. This being a warning to all of our listeners, if you have a container on the deck and you have not looked at it recently, or if you don't have it up off the deck a little bit on a couple of rocks or bricks or little riser thingies or something, if you haven't checked the soil and checked after all that rain we had two weeks ago, check them now. Because if you have permanent shrubbery and things like that, they will not like having their little feet wet out there. Do as the man on the radio says, don't do as he... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Don't do as I do. That's exactly right. <laughs> David out in Tucker, Georgia, joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, David, good morning. Morning. Uh, on Lantana's couple of questions, uh, when they grow out, uh, do they put down roots uh, as well, as, or is they just putting out stems? That's the first question. Well, that's a great question. You know, I've got some Lantana at... The corner of our neighborhood, David, and it is one of those sort of ground cover, low-down lantanas. I don't think I've seen roots on that. Mickey Gasway, what's your observation? What do you mean, roots on that? You know, you know how things root down, sweet potatoes and things like that will root down when you have a branch that touches the ground, oh, something oh, like I that. Oh, I didn't understand what you but were talking about. I've never seen it do that. I don't think lantanas do, do that. No. no. I mean, we may have listeners who call in in a minute and say they do it all the time. But, David, to my observation, mm-hmm. I have not had lantana to root down like you were asking about. Why do you ask? Okay. Uh, well, I was just trying to make some accommodations on uh, what we're trying to, to deal with the ground cover and that sort of thing, and what I was going to have to make uh, accommodations for roots being shot down into the soil as well. Have uh, we was- talked about, David, you and I had talked about the um, lantana, the ground cover lantana over in Toco Hill? Right. Have, have we talked about that one yet? 
Yes, yes. Uh, you're talking about the yellow blossom one that's been around about Yeah, the yellow blossom was there by the shoe store in Toko Hill Chapel Shopping Hill Center. Yellow. Chapel Hill Yellow. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they grow very low to the ground. They seem to be pretty hardy in the wintertime. And yep. that's one that I need to read. That's one of the ones down on the corner of my, my subdivision that I'm looking into and thinking, boy, this has got more perenniality to it than, uh, than I have realized, I think. We Most have you- three that we say are... are- Perennial, and that's uh, Miss Huff, yeah. Chapel Hill Yellow, and Mary Ann. Mary Ann. And Mary Ann. What color is the flower? It's pink Marianne? and yellow. It's more pink than mm. yellow, and it's it's about thirty inches. It doesn't get as big as Miss Huff. Right. It's kind of mid size, and um, Chapel Hill is shorter. It's, right. it's about I think they say Very twenty yellow. inches, something like that. Mickey, that's a plant I'm going to need to get next spring. Oh, you love it. it what does was great. what was your other question, David? Uh, I've heard some different things about exactly how you're supposed to trim lantanas. That if you uh, if you trim all to the ground, you're going to lessen their uh, viability over the years. Yeah, uh, you should maybe wait until March or April and do a specific type of trimming on them. David, I'm sad to say that discussions about when to prune lantana have led to more divorces <laughs> in the in the metro Atlanta area than, than almost any other discussion you could have. So, um, Ms. Gazaway, let's take this uh, opportunity to discuss, to air our differences right, here. What right. do you think I leave about? mine up. I leave mine up. Not all the way up, but I leave them up, you know, maybe a couple of feet. And then I don't cut them back till I see the green at the bottom in the spring. And as you can imagine, David, uh, I vehemently disagree with Vicki Gasway and believe that lantana look ugly as sin during the wintertime. And you cut them down to about six inches tall and they will figure out how to worry the water in the hollow stems and everything else. And they turn green in the spring just fine for me. Does that answer your question, David? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> I think the answer is don't get married. That is, don't get into discussions about about uh, how to treat plants because sometimes it will it will lay bare the differences that you might have with your loved ones out there. David, well, it's great I mean, talking to you. Thanks. Thanks for calling, man. We'll see you soon. Six forty-three on a Saturday morning. Tony is in Tequila, and Tony joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Tony. Good morning. Good morning, Walter. How are you doing this morning? We're doing fine. As you can tell, we're doing a little bit of marital <laughs> counseling. If you need any questions answered in that regard, you just give us a call or give us a question, I guess. What can we do for you, Tony? Uh, well, uh, thanks for being with a call. I listen to you almost every Saturday morning for a very long time. So uh, I'm from Costa Rica, and I moved to Georgia back in 89. Right. And I never have plant any trees and uh, uh, my friend gave me a lime tree last week so I brought it in and I put it into in the garage mm-hmm. um, so basically my question to you is uh, how can uh, I don't know how to take your lime tree and mainly over the winter <laughs> how much water to add what kind of fertilizer to use and all those questions lots of light I think yeah. that the, the lime trees orange trees sister trees in general are evergreen trees and like you say you can't leave them outside they're going to freeze that's why you brought it inside but in your garage unless you have a pretty bright sunny window they're going to lose a lot of leaves and they're not going to be happy looking when spring rolls around so i just like you tony i have a meyer lemon outside on the patio i brought it in monday i guess this past week and i put one two three four 
um, curlicue CFL fluorescent bulbs in silver uh, reflectors and put them just all over that thing. Sprayed it real good with some with, of the yeah. Bayer insecticide to keep the spider mites off right. of it. I want to mm -hmm. keep them off this year. Thank you. And so I've got a lot of light on it. And Tony, you need to do the same. Lots and lots of light. Is yours in, okay. the, in the garage? Mine is in my uh, sunroom. Oh, okay. So it's warm in there. As far as watering so, that tree, uh, it's a small tree, but uh, it used to be tall, according to my friend, but he cut it off. So all the yeah. branches are growing from the uh, bottom of the tree, and uh, it looks pretty healthy. And this morning, I observed, like, some little tiny flowers coming out. So oh, Nice. What do you so think, just, Mickey, uh, as, far as, as far as watering a citrus tree, Mickey, or any houseplant? What do you say? I don't think they need as much in the wintertime, and I don't right. think... I've never, I've never put fertilizer on mine in the wintertime. Not in the wintertime. I, I, I think I it depends think. on how dry the yeah. garage or whatever site you put them in. In the house, Tony. you probably have to water it more than you would in the garage. Put your finger on the soil. Yeah. Put your finger on the soil, stick it in the dirt, and see how moist or dry it is. And when it's dry, water it. When it's moist, don't water it. I mean, that's... That's probably the best advice we can give because different situations, as Mickey says, different places in the house are going to be different dryness in front of a vent or in front of a, in a cold room or in front of a window or all be different. And so you have to just check and see. You could okay. do some pollinating yourself, too. Ooh, how you would you sure do, that? do that? What would you do? With a paintbrush or something. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, a, yeah, paintbrush is good. So you could take a little paintbrush, Tony, when you, those blooms open up and they'll smell really, really good. And take a paintbrush and stick it in the flower and sort of twist it around just a little bit and then take it to another flower and twist it around a little bit to another flower and twist it around a little bit. And you're spreading pollen that way. There are no insects and usually okay. wind is enough to pollinate them, but a little paintbrush pollination doesn't hurt anything. And when okay. you do that, you'll get very good uh, pollination and you get little bitty limes coming on it. And maybe in a year or so, you'll get some lemons and li or limes that you can tell us about. Oh, great. Thank you for answering my question this morning. Tony, it's great talking to you. Thanks for calling this morning. Thank you. We got uh, Chris. Who's here? Yeah, Chris is out in Canton, Georgia. Has a question about his leaves this morning. Chris, good morning. Welcome to Lawn and Garden. Good morning, Walter. Hey, hey uh, man. What's up? Well, I guess everybody's done this before, but I got a, a driveway, a pressure washer. Look, it was spotless. And uh, a couple of weeks, we had all these leaves been falling. And they, I, I, my question is, what is in a leaf that makes your stains as bad as they do because it's almost impossible to get the stain yeah. off the driveway without using chemicals once it stains. What is in a leaf that does Tannin. That? Tannin. T-A-N-N-I-N. Tannin. Tannin. And I guess that gives you the same root word as when you tan leather, Mickey, or you get tan so. out of something. All right, we're, oh, no. we're way out of our <laughs> expertise right now. But the chemical that causes the leaves to turn brown and, and to, to leach out of the leaves when the rain falls in the wintertime is tannin. Tannin. Yeah. And I think okay. some of them stain worse than others. Yeah, which ones do you think stain worse? I think like black walnut. Oh, yes. Oh, really yes, my bad. gosh. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I agree with you, Chris, it that leaves, um, when they fall on a spotless, nice pressure wash driveway, <laughs> sweet been. gum leaves. Yeah, I don't think I have either. <laughs> but uh, the sweet gum leaves, hickory leaves, as Mickey said, walnut leaves are really got a lot of tannin in them. And sad to say, my friend, unless you have a constant every morning get out there with the blower and blow the leaves off your driveway, it's going to turn brown again one day pretty soon. They stains quick, I guess, don't they? Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Yeah. 
I got I keep, hickory trees. I, so. th- this past week, I was muttering, muttering bad things about the sweet gum tree next to my driveway, saying, you are going to come down one day because I was tired <laughs> of blowing leaves. I was tired of raking them yeah. up. I was tired of all the sweet gum balls. I'm tired of a lot of things about that sweet gum <laughs> tree, but I'm not tired of the shade that it gives all my heucheras and my hosta and my... <sighs> other plants that need the shade so we have a love-hate relationship with that sweet gum tree plus the fact that it stains my driveway but unlike you chris i'm not worried about keeping my driveway looking nice well i appreciate you answering it thank you good talking to you chris thanks for calling it 648 on a saturday morning we'll be back after this this is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. Pets and bugs out there, yeah. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Clouds and sun today. Very nice day for a football game. Yes, indeed. The University of Georgia Bulldogs and Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets will be playing today at 12 noon on News Talk WSB. The pregame show begins at 8 a.m. this morning. Highs today, 71 degrees. Low 50 degrees overnight. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. We're broadcasting live this morning from the Pike Nursery in Johns Creek. And the Chick-fil-A from Alpharetta Commons has just arrived. We're happy for you to come by and have a little breakfast. We got coffee. We got orange juice. And you can ask your garden questions of myself and Mickey Gazaway. And we'll answer them while you wait. John is in Winder, Georgia, and joins us on Lawn and Garden. John, hey, man, good morning. Good morning, Walter. Thank you for taking my call. How can we help, John? Well, I just bought a house uh, November the 1st, and there's these little young azaleas that the uh, former owner planted, and I want to move them. I don't like the placement, and uh, I was just wondering when is the best time to do that without shocking them or killing them. How big are these azaleas? Uh, They can't be more than a year old. They're little bitty ones. You'll be the guys. Oh, Mickey, easy we got peasy. an easy one. Easy peasy. That's right. What would you do, Mick? I would dig a wide hole. It doesn't have to be very deep, and I, I would do it right now. It's cool enough. I don't yeah. think it's going to hurt anything. I would amend the soil before I chain, uh, planted them. Do what? Say it again. I would amend the soil oh, before the soil. I okay. move them. Well, you know, there are a lot of listeners who don't know quite what amend the soil means. So what are you talking about? I would use some soil conditioner, some planting mix, and mix it in with the soil so it makes it really easy for the roots to get out there. And so okay. you can do that now again because they're so small. I think John, yeah. the roots are not really spread out very much. So just a shovel full of dirt on either side of the azalea is going to be enough. Dig it up, amend the soil in the new place or wherever you're going to plant them with, as Mickey said, soil conditioner or planting soil that you mix in with the existing soil. Uh, put it back in place. Spread the roots out a little bit to make them go in different directions. Water it in good, and I think you're going to be fine. And make sure you don't plant them too deep. Yeah, you want to play them, them just like they bad. are, and you could use some roots, some root starter too. Might help some. Yeah, excellent. Well, that's a, a task I can knock out this weekend. And thank you. You can. Yeah, let me tell you something else, John. That I noticed yesterday. I was checking the soil temperatures around Atlanta, and we're just down in the low 50s. And so I'm thinking right now, soil temperatures in the 50s are still great for for 
transplanting, for uh, planning new things. And so if you want to go ahead and transplant things, my list that I'm talking about right now, if you want to go ahead and plant things right now, this is a fine time to do it. Soil is not so cold that nothing will happen there. Great weekend to do it. And if you want to visit us at the Johns Creek Pike Nursery, you're welcome to do that, as well as all the Pike Nurseries around Atlanta. We've got Chick-fil-A biscuits for you. We've got a little coffee to wake you up as well. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden right after news.